welcome to the monthly Skill Bite Show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Today, I am delighted to have with me Mimi Donaldson. Mimi is an internationally acclaimed speaker and speaker coach. She has coached and created speeches for TED Talkers, executives, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and sales staff. She is the co-author of Negotiating for Dummies, which has been published in six languages and sold almost 2 million copies worldwide. And she's published three other books, including her latest one, Pitch Perfect, Speak to Grow Your Business in Seven Simple Steps. Today, Mimi's going to show us how to create a quality pitch for presenting ourselves. You never know who you need to pitch to for your products, your service, anytime you may be in the elevator or a checkout line, or even on the other side of a soccer field. Your pitch needs to be relevant, timely, and effective. So Mimi, welcome to the Skill Bite Show. Thank you, Judy. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, tell us a little bit more about how you got into speaking. Huh. Well, I was a drama major in college, and so I was never afraid of the audience, which is interesting. And I was a teacher, uh, and I love teaching because I loved being in front of the room and back and forth. I found it very easy. I taught kids for a while when I was getting my master's degree at Columbia University, but I like teaching adults better. So I was in human resources training modules on managing and delegating and handling conflict. And one guy in the, in the training class said, you should do a keynote. And I said, what's a keynote? And he said, it's the funny, pithy parts of your speech. I said, you mean the 60 hours on management training? He goes, yeah, no, it's only 40 minutes. And it's the funny stuff that you do. And I went, what? And so it balanced out. I did some training in my own business and I did keynotes for 30 years. And then what happened was I was coaching my women friends for free because they were my friends. And Mimi, help me with my speech. Help me, I have to speak. And then I, I finally, after like 20 people, one of them said, I would have paid you for this. And I went, what? Very important seven words. I would have paid you for this. And so then I started coaching. And I got off the stage because there's a time when I, I think you need to get off the stage. <laughs> okay. Let the 40-year-olds compete and jump on the airplane and sleep it, not in their own bed and let them yeah. do that. That was fun for a while, but right. now I passed the torch. Traveling is no longer as fun as it used to be. Not as fun. What I really liked about what you wanted to talk about was having developing that ability for business owners. Yes. It's so important for 
entrepreneurs develop to develop a pitch and be comfortable speaking. So how do you do that? And and maybe share some of your reasons why it's so important. Yes. It's it, don't think of it as a pitch if that turns up some of us off. Um, that word, but it is a pitch, but it's the answer to the question, what do you do? So people come up to you. It could be a formal networking where you actually get 30 or 60 seconds, but it could also be at a party, at a cocktail, you know, at the side of your kid's soccer field. It could be anywhere where somebody says, well, what do you do? And you go, well, um, because well, um, <laughs> are the first two words usually out of your mouth. And listeners are very sophisticated. We are in the age of TED Talks and Comedy Central and stand-up comedians. And people know, and they get bored very easily, and they get impatient very easily. So when someone asks you, what do you do? You have to have an answer that they go, oh, oh, tell me more. Or, oh, I need, I have a sister-in-law who needs you. Right. That so kind if of you thing. say you're an insurance salesman, that kind of kills the conversation. That kills the conversation. So I always say, go underneath the title. And what do you really do? So what do you do? And what insurance people do is they provide favorable financial futures. I just, I took that because one of my insurance companies that I trained they decided that was what they were going to do. And the Fs they could remember. Favorable financial futures. Or as my little nephew said, when he, because his dad was selling insurance, and the little nephew uh, told all his buddies that my dad makes sure your dad has money when he's old. Because five-year-olds can't understand the word insurance, but they understand one-syllable words. And it was very funny because my brother-in-law would be on the soccer field and one of the dads elbowed him and said, hey, so wait, you're going to make sure I have money when I'm old? That's what my kid said. And of course, my brother-in-law sold half the team insurance. Yeah, you got to make it intriguing. <laughs> make sure your children and your spouse have that sentence that make, you know, what do you do? Yeah, you never know who they're going to run into. You never know. I think one of the biggest issues for so many people about speaking is their fear. They're oh. definitely afraid to speak, but definitely. they know they need to do that. Do you have some pointers for how they can get over that or maybe channel it in a different way? Yes, I say... Be clear about your content. I'm a big content person. If you are excited about what you're going to say about your words, you won't be nervous. Nerves come from, oh, um, well, for me, nerves come from lack of preparation. And so what we do when you work with me, we, we actually plot out the words that excite you. So I, I have a mission statement that excites me. And it is, I help people find their voice and claim their power with their words. Uh, to me, that turns me on. And so we find that with every person has to have something that turns them on. 
about their business. It's Simon Sinek called it the why in his book, Start With Why. He said, you can either manipulate people or inspire them. And so we'd much rather inspire them. So what So what do you do? And then if you have the right words, we, may, we put them in the right order because you want people smiling and nodding. You want them leaning in to what you're saying. And at the end, you want them to go, yeah, that lo- that's logical. I'll give you the business. Well, that actually leads right into <laughs> what I was going to ask you next, because in your book, you talk about having your speech in the right order. And I wanted to ask you to share with us what that order is and why it matters. Yes, the order matters because people want to hear something in a certain way. For 30 years of keynoting, the you want to look out in the audience, you don't want to see this. You don't want to see this. You want to, you don't want people to go, what is she talking about? It needs to answer the question in the listener's mind. You know those cartoons with the bubble up uh, on top of the head? Okay, so since this is visual, I'm so glad I get to do this. So picture the bubble on the top of your listener's head, and in the bubble is what they're thinking. And what they're thinking is, why should I listen to you? What's in it for me? They're not thinking, ooh, tell me about you. That's why I don't encourage people to start with, ooh, let me tell you my story. People don't care yet about you. They care about them. So you have to make sure that you lead with the need. And that's the four most important words. Lead with the need of the listener, whether it's their pain, their problem, their situation. You have got to make them know in the first two sentences that you know where they're at. That you know. And then they will uncross their arms and lean forward. Hmm, she knows us. Hmm, she knows my thing. Okay. And then the second question in the thought bubble is, so what you got? What's your solution? So the first two steps of any pitch or any, here's what I do, is always the same. Here's your need. Here's my solution. Uh, it's actually not any different in a book as well. You don't exactly. with who you are and say, you know, I'm great. So that's why you should read this book because you won't get them past the intro. If that's exactly, exactly. I always say it's the same. It's the same with any speech. People want to know, do you know me first? And so that you give them value. One of my favorite pitches that I do in, in a networking meeting is I ask three questions because I want three different people to say, yeah. And there are three different people who need my product. And you you have like at least three people who need you. So I say, does the thought of speaking in front of a group like this for more than 30 seconds make you sweat and keep you up at night? Do you suspect you may be boring? Do you wish you could make people laugh? So those three and people come up to me afterwards and they go, you got me with up all night when sweating, or another person will say, oh, you got me because I've always wanted to make people laugh and I'm really funny in real life. But when I get up in front of anyone to talk, I'm not funny. Or the or they think they're boring. The second question gets them because they think insurance or financial or something, they think it's boring. And I make sure that they know it's not boring. We can find not boring words for what you do. 
So I want to take you back to the right order. Okay. You told us that you start with the need, right? And mm-hmm. then the solution. Yep. But you have seven steps. So I do. do you want to give a little overview on steps sure. seven? As the book says, seven steps to grow your business. So yeah, number one is lead with the need. Number two is give them your solution because they're saying what you got. Number three, the thought bubble in the head above the client's head says, well, who are you? Why are you the one? Aren't there a bunch of book people out there? Aren't there a bunch of speech coaches out there? And that's where you give one sentence or two sentences that prove your credibility. So with me, it's you will get the benefit of 30 years of keynote speaking in front of audiences of thousands with celebrities. And then I add, which you don't have to do. And then they giggle again. So now they know I'm funny because they've giggled twice already in 30 seconds. And then I say, we create your perfect marketing speech. So that's number two. And that's number three. Three is your credibility. So if you've been a real estate person in the area for 25 years, that's what you say. And if you don't have a big track record, think about the last client or the last success story that you had and shorten it and say it excited when your eyes are dancing, they're dancing. Nobody's going to be more excited about your speech than you are, is what I say. And so something that excites you about your credibility, that's step three. Steps four and five are the content if you have more than 30 seconds or the minute. And that's where you can have, you know, features and benefits and success stories and PowerPoint and decks and all that stuff. Because now people are set up to listen. They know that you know their need, you have a solution, and you're credible. Those are the first three steps. Then you can go. Now, step six, steps four and five are content, depending on what you have, what you got, how much time you have. So in a 20-minute, 10 minutes will be the content in a 20-minute speech. Or TED Talk's my favorite. 10-minute content, five minutes, the first three steps. And the last two, step six, and you can download these, by the way. Judy is giving her listeners a gift. And on your website will be the seven steps, right? That's right. So exciting. So you don't have to take notes. Just download them from her website. Step six is really cool. It's the why story. It's why you do what you do. It's where people connect with you. Why are you different from the other financial advisors or lawyers out there? And so the why story is, you know, some of us have them from childhood. Some of us don't. Mine is that I go for the sparkle in the people's eyes. You know, that lights me up. What lights me up is the sparkle when they come up with a sentence they cannot wait to say. Because if you can't wait to say your sentence, you're going to be communicating that excitement to the listener and they will give you what you need to have. They will sign the deal. And step seven, of course, is this call to action. And it follows the why story because people in the why story, and it should be only 60 to 90 seconds, don't tell them your life, but 60 to 90 seconds, your life, uh, your why story, what turns you on, 
Otherwise, you're just in it for the money. No one wants to work with anyone who's in it for the money. <laughs> they want to work with people who are connected to what they do. And the seventh step, of course, is the call to action. With me, it's always please sign up for a 30-minute call to get to know each other and see if we can work together. See if you have a need I can fill. So I offer that 30-minute clarity call, I call it, because we get real clear about their speaking needs. But your call to action should be something they need to do next. Even in a 30-second by the side of the soccer field, here's your need, here's my solution, here's who I am, want to talk further? So that's steps one, two, three, and then a call to action, a next step to talk to them. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. that makes it much easier. So you've mentioned that you've coached a number of people who want to do TED Talks. What do you do? How do you coach somebody hmm. with a TED Talk? I love the TED format. When I used to keynote, for 30 years, they wanted 45 minutes to an hour. Ah, oh, things have changed. People don't have the attention span. Literally, the, the limit of a TED Talk is 17 minutes, and mostly we write them for 15 minutes. People have to click through TEDx.com, and they'll click on the 12-minute one rather than the 17-minute one. <laughs> they will. It's just research. They just want the short one. There are some TED Talks out there that are six minutes. They get a lot of views. So I love the TED format. We use the seven steps in it. People want it very organized. And the thing about TED Talks is they're very smooth and polished. People are not allowed to use notes. You really have to be into your speech. You really need to be connected with the audience. It takes practice. Keynote speaking the same way. You're not going to get hired for money as a keynote speaker unless you connect with the audience, unless the, the meeting planner can see the video that people are laughing or going, hmm, or the audience is visibly and verbally talking to you. Now, do you also help people get TED Talks, not just prepare for them? Yes, I've, I used to include that as a, you know, kind of a cool favor thing. And then I realized, no, I'm really going to do this. So I help them with the submission form. I can't guarantee they'll be chosen because there's a lot of different reasons or people are chosen. But the submission form, I've had 20 people on the TEDx stage and the submission form is key because the submission form has little parts of the speech in it. You know, they'll say, what are three takeaways from your speech? Well, we wrote it. We just wrote it. And they'll say, why are you qualified to do this TED Talk? Well, that's step three. What makes you the qualified person? That that was our step three. So we cut and paste into the submission form. So yes, I help people I, with the submission. I help them with delivery too, with timing. Being funny is a matter of putting one sentence at the end that you should have don't lead with the joke, the fun part. Let people laugh at the end. It's a timing thing. It's an architectural. Well, actually, I did want to go into that a little bit, too. Oh, sure. How, how do you help somebody who's not funny become funny? Hmm. There's techniques that comedians use 
that we can use. The first, the most common one that we can totally do, it's called the act out. So instead of being narrative about it, I used to have a story in one of my keynotes that went like that. Here's the narrative version. The narrative version is telling the story and using all kinds of uh, not alive verbs. What do we call those? Intransitory, you know, stuff that's not fun. Passive. So passive, passive verbs. Yeah, we don't like passive verbs are not funny. So you tell a story. And I used to tell a story about a mom and the little boy. Her little boy would love shopping with mom until he was age three. And then he got into the store. And if I told it narratively, it would be, and he just, he didn't like it. He got all cranky. And then she had to, uh, she was really shocked because he always liked it before, but now he didn't. Now that's not funny. That's not funny. That's a narrative. It doesn't draw the scene. Act out is when you have the vo a voice of the little kid. So the act out goes like this. So she has a three-year-old son, my friend. He always loved shopping with mom. Until this one particular day, they get in the store. He stomps his little cowboy boot on the floor of the store. And he says, Mom, do you know where we're going? Or are we just going to wander around? See, that's funny. Because the little cowboy boot is a specific. It draws a picture in the audience's mind. And then you act out the voice of the little boy. Now, with most people who think they can't be funny, it's you could talk about a past client, uh, not a real recent past, but a way past client. And you can say, he said, but I want the original draft of that. I need the, what did the credit union call it? A share draft when I taught at the credit union. And the customer's pounding his fist on the desk which is another visual description, which is fun. And he's yelling, I want the original share draft. I patiently told him he couldn't have one, but that I would get him a copy. See, people in the audience are smiling because they know that the guy can't have something. Everybody faces a client who wants something they can't have. <laughs> and it's all in how you tell them they can't have it. And so the audience is learning, but they're also enjoying the act out of the scene instead of narratively lecturing at people about don't ever make fun of the person. Don't, you know, take him seriously, match his energy. I could take I could say that or I could act it out and say, sir, I understand. It's so frustrating not to get what you want. I'm going to have to try to help you as best I can. you got to meet his energy. That's funny. That makes a smile. Not a, I don't tell jokes. But a situational humor, when you have energy in it and the people can see the scene playing out, it's a smiley thing. So right. humor, act out is the, is the best one to do. Even the most boring people and jobs have something you can act out. Yeah, and you know, it, for some people, it might actually be more comfortable for them to act out when they're in a role versus being in their own skin. Exactly. People have more, that's such a good point. 
I didn't put that in the book, but it is a great point that some people enjoy imitating other people because it's not like they said that. Right. It's that that other person screamed it. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, Mimi, thank you so much for all this really valuable information. We could go on and on and on. We uh, could. Because I know you have a lot more information, but I also know that you're willing to have people give you a call and schedule a chat with you. And you've got some information on your website. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about um, where people sure. go to learn more about you and what's the best way for them to contact you? Sure. I do three things, really. Coaching a TED Talk, if, you're, if your bucket has that in it, keynote speech for money and the business owners out there, your marketing speech from 30 seconds to 30 minutes. What if you're asked, what do you do? You have to speak as a subject matter expert on a panel or at a conference. We have to make a prepared, beautiful speech for that. So Mimi at MimiDonaldson.com is how you email me. I'll send you my Calendly link. And it's also how you can reach me through the website, MimiDonaldson.com. And as I said, complimentary call, first 30 minutes. I love doing it. We get really clear on your speaking needs and see if I can help you. Great. And um, you had mentioned earlier that you have your presentation formula, the seven steps available as a download. And people can get that at the Skillbytes website, you go to skillbytes.net slash presentation hyphen formula. Skillbytes.net presentation hyphen formula. If there and were one thing that you wanted people to take away from this podcast, what would that be? That would be given who you are, Judy. Everybody who has a book needs a speech. It's called a book speech. And everybody who has a speech needs a book. And that's called Judy. Go to Judy. Well, Mimi, thank you so much for being with us today. I really learned a lot and I hope all of our listeners did as well. Thank you. 